Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Lily Allen Duenas. Together we'll talk about the world of yoga and we'll talk to people from around the world. Before diving into the episode, I wanted to invite you to head on over to my website, wildyogatribe.com. I would really love for you to give it a look as I just launched a new website and I would love to hear what you think of it. Feel free to reach out on social media wherever makes the most sense for you. Also, if you're a longtime listener, I wanted to say thank you for your continued support. And if you feel called, I'd be honored if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you tune into the show. Ready to dive in? Let's get started. Namaste, family, and welcome back to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome Nadia Kadinova onto the show today. She's a yoga teacher from Kazakhstan who's also a yoga studio manager there as well. She's been practicing yoga on a regular basis since 2013 when she finished her first yoga teacher training in Rishikesh. And since then, she's completed and is still doing other yoga trainings in India with Yoga Vidya Gurukul. She teaches Hatha yoga, fly yoga, and prenatal postnatal yoga. So thank you so much, Nadia, for joining me on the show today. Uh, thank you really for inviting me. Wonderful. So can we start off by just hearing a little bit more from you about how yoga first came into your life? I think I knew about yoga since I was a child from different books. Even at the library, we had very old books uh, written by even Soviet authors on yoga. Not many, but I do remember a couple of them. And uh, as I grew older, I, I got really interested in that, in yoga in general. And I just read a lot on that subject. I read uh, even Bhagavad Gita and different translations when I was about 17 or 18 years old. But you know, my first training I, I got when I was 23, and it was in Rishikesh. I realized that I wanted to explore more about Hatha Yoga because there are different types of yoga, Karma Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Jnana Yoga. And I felt like I want to do something with my body to involve it more in uh, spiritual practice and Hatha Yoga suits me best. So that I decided to become a yoga teacher first to train myself in yoga and then maybe to teach others. So it was in Rishikesh, first time. And as you said, since 2013, after that course, I started to practice myself on a regular basis. And I enjoyed that practice very much. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I love that you came to know yoga just by going to the library, just by finding books. I haven't really heard too many people say that before. That's amazing that your library had so many books on it. Yeah, now that I think about it, it's quite unusual. But I do remember myself taking notes from that book about chat karmas, about yoga asanas. I wrote them down neatly, all those uh, techniques. And when I was about nine years old, as you asked, I remembered how, was it, how it was. And I'm pretty shocked myself. I love that you came to it so young and that you decided at 23 to go all the way to India and get your yoga training. That must have been really brave. Were you nervous to make that trip? 
by yourself? No, not at all. It was uh, well organized in Rishikesh. And for me, it was my second trip, actually. My first was more about visiting different sacred places up Himalayan mountains. That's why it was my second trip. And I was excited about this trip. I didn't have any fear, on the contrary. And it was like five weeks training, intensive training. We didn't have any personal time for rest. It was uh, this guru, that guru, this lecture, this practice, and uh, like quite a lot of information and in like practice experience, yoga experience I got. And it motivated me to continue practicing yoga, but in more conscious way. Amazing. I think going back to the root source of yoga in India or Nepal is a really powerful experience. And I agree, it does forge a relationship with yoga that feels a little bit deeper. So I know you just went to India just even uh, just a few weeks ago or a week ago. How did that trip go? Actually, the trip was quite smooth, went went well. It felt really good to be back to India and haven't been to south part of India yet. That was my first experience. I like that rural area of Nasik and surroundings. I like the Ashram Yoga Vidya Gurukul very much. And this feeling of being in India, the source of yoga tradition. And this tradition, I could smell it in the air. I could feel it was on my skin. And all uh, I was doing was recharging my batteries and uh, enjoying the association with such beautiful people, gurus, like teachers. So it it was like really mm, good, but short, only nine days this time. Amazing. I'm so glad you got to go back. I've been trying to find a time to go back because I had tickets and then the pandemic hit and I had to cancel all my plans and then borders were closed. So it's it's just felt very difficult to get over there, but I know it's finally opening up. So I'm really glad you went and it was so smooth and so great. And Nadia, I know speaking of like yoga studios and ashrams, I know you manage a yoga studio in Kazakhstan. Can you tell us more about the studio and about what it's like to manage it too? Well, this particular studio that I do manage is small and um, not really fashionable, you know, like it's not a downtown, it's a like normal, quiet district. And uh, it takes quite a lot of effort to market (laughs) yoga, to attract people to try yoga in this particular area. And uh, we have, interestingly, like seasonal, you see. In summer, people like to do a lot of outdoor activities. They have uh, cottage houses. And during summer, (laughs) yoga is not very popular. But autumn, winter, and spring, we consider busy season for us it's spring now and during this time we work we have um, about 10 uh, different groups in this little studio that i manage Uh, we have uh, kundalini hatha we have fly yoga ingar style classical hatha yogas and people really enjoy those who come and um, do yoga with us for three, four, five years. They're really happy with uh, yoga and have uh, beautiful results. They improved, many of them improved their health. Many of them do lead um, an active lifestyle with yoga. Almaty 
and this is the city where I live, located near beautiful mountains. Our yoga teachers often lead groups to the mountains. They invite their students to join them for a trip to this or that particular point in the mountains. We have a lot of beautiful lakes, a lot of beautiful canyons here. And uh, some of the uh, clients uh, become like a family with us, with uh, their teachers. And this is what I think yoga is about, is creating beautiful relations, relationship and family, uh, a feeling of a family. You said that you feel like yoga is all about family and community and relationships. Could you tell us what your definition of yoga is? I understand yoga as a lifestyle. So yoga is something that keeps you alive. Yoga is that inner balance, inner sense um, to go through your day, to be positive, be um, empowered, to be inspired, and to grow internally, to develop yourself in so many ways, both spiritual and material. It's a unity and peace inside yourself. Very intimate and inner process is yoga. Beautiful. I love that definition as an intimate and inner process. I agree. It is all about going inward and learning about ourselves more and more and going to deeper layers and deeper levels within our own uh, mental processes and our energetic body, all the koshas. It's Definitely a beautiful experience. So thank you for sharing it. So what is some of, what's like a powerful lesson you feel like yoga has taught you? Something you've taken away from the practice or from reading the books or studying the sutras or anything? Is there something really a good, a beautiful takeaway or something that's changed in yourself or in your life? What I do understand right now is that yoga is not um, like a fantasy or some or a feeling. Yoga is more of a discipline. Uh, sometimes you don't want to do it. You know, if you do it, if you do your practice, you feel better. And sometimes you have to overcome your own laziness. You have to overcome yourself to stand on your mat to do your regular sequence or to do your pranayama and to be on the path so for me <laughs> now yoga is more of a developing personal willpower and it's not a fantasy it's really hard work <laughs> on the other hand because you work on your habits on your perceptions of the world of on your negative reactions because right you practicing yoga you become more aware of your own reactions to certain things that happen to you in life and you realize that you are responsible for everything that happens within and without you and uh, what you do now is your choice so a constant self-development practice is what yoga is so nadia i still feel like we haven't talked quite enough yet about your yoga studio that you manage. I'd love to continue to hear a little bit more about it. Uh, managing a yoga studio, this particular kind of yoga studio, small ones that which are located not in the top spots of the city, I would say it's quite hard business because now uh, we have uh, so many alternative offers on the market. A big 
fitness centers, they offer quite good programs, like as they sound to most of the people at a lesser price, as if we compare with um, those uh, little yoga studios. And so the competition is high in uh, in, a, in such city as Almaty, and we have to put a lot of efforts in um, marketing and sales department to promote yoga. We use Instagram, we use advertising, but it also comes with the price. And little businesses, like small businesses, it is hard to, for them, it's always hard to survive or to manage well. The main goal is to develop teachers or to find good teachers who will be able to create a long-term relationship with their clients. As I said, uh, a feeling of a family, a feeling of connectedness and yoga, to be able to transfer real yoga values to every client that comes to us. And that is how we survive, by inspiring our teachers to teach yoga in um, a traditional way. And also their qualification is quite important because now yoga teacher needs to know a lot about uh, anatomy, about biomechanics, to be able to really um, help people with the um, health issues. I know, I, and I keep telling everyone that a yoga teacher is not a doctor, but most of the people who come to yoga first time, they um, want to improve their health. I think it's everywhere, not uh, only in Kazakhstan, but this is the per- common perception of yoga some healing practice like a magical tablet uh, from all the diseases that the person have and uh, so both qualification of the teachers and uh, their ability to transfer uh, real uh, true yoga values and to build a firm family relationship within the group like are two most powerful uh, things that keep uh, like little businesses as ours mm, ongoing. But also, I can tell you about Almaty. Mm, in general, yoga is very well developed in the city. In this, in the city, one of several biggest cities in the in Kazakhstan, and second one is uh, our capital, Nur Sultan. It was renamed recently. So these two cities are known for yoga. So yoga here and there are very well developed. And as for um, the other parts of Kazakhstan, not really. In some cities and towns, maybe one or two teachers for like the whole city. Or in my hometown, for example, it's in the north Kazakhstan, like 50,000 people, not single yoga teacher there so if we talk about kazakhstan in general then i would say that yoga is underdeveloped in kazakhstan as a whole but take almaty for example here we have enough of yoga studios and yoga centers and yoga programs so in our situation it is hard i mean to manage a studio to promote yoga because of so many competitions 
Interesting. So do you feel like the general population, just the the citizens in Kazakhstan, the people know about what yoga is? Is there a kind of a general awareness or not so much? General awareness that yoga is a very good uh, system for health improvement, mostly physical health improvement and uh, magical gymnastics that will help you to feel better, to move better. And just you have to be active enough to get into this process. But as for spiritual part, it is not as commonly known as physical part of yoga. I think it's uh, the same way in the world as in as everywhere in the world. Uh, it is the same. Beautiful like postures like on Instagram sometimes is um, understood as yoga but this is just a little little part and not very important one to a yogic path yes i agree it's it's just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> the asanas are just the tip of the iceberg but i would also love to hear more about kazakhstan just as a country could you tell our listeners more about your country well kazakhstan is a post soviet country in 1991 Kazakhstan gained its independence and it's been 21 years since then during this year so Kazakhstan did pretty good to my understanding we started to live better because i remember the 1990s when um Every, everyone who lived in post-soviet countries surviving we didn't have um, enough of anything no money no quality food no quality clothes no no nothing after about 10 years um like we had already good schools we had money to buy everything we needed for to live to live for a normal life i was uh, so we started to live normal life i think in early 2000s and this country is really interesting uh, because it's really big the if, if you look at the map the area of the country i cannot remember i don't remember exact number but it is really big and very poorly populated i think we have a lot of i i, I think we have about 20 million people living in like this vast land this vast like in in the whole kazakhstan the uh, hmm, Two main cities have a, around 1.5 million people, and other cities are much less than this. And a lot of people also live in rural areas. I live um, in Kazakhstan all my life, and it seems so ordinary to me. We have Baikonur, maybe Baikonur. It's a it's a start point for all these rockets. Kazakhstan is also is very rich in minerals. We have a lot of iron and gold and copper rare metals and also oil and gas. In Almaty, for example, we have beautiful mountains where we have this skiing resort and snowboarding. And we have the biggest skating ring in Kazakhstan here in Medeo. It is uh, it's located high up in the mountains and the highest spot for skiing 
It's about 3,000 meters above the ground. Also, we have a golden man. I don't know if you've heard, like an armor or something made of pure gold in one of our museums as a trace of that culture of Tengri, Tengri culture. And just one more thing I would like to add about Kazakhstan. The most important and good thing about Kazakhstani people is that they're very hospitable people. So everyone who comes in Kazakhstan is received as a king and every family is very happy to receive guests. And you even can come without any notice to any family <laughs> here in Kazakhstan and you'll be received very well. And people here love to feed their guests. So when you come here, just know you have to be, you, you have to come on empty stomach. <laughs> you have to be hungry. I love it. Yes, this is how they show their hospitality, their love. And the people here are very kind, especially Kazakh people. They're very traditional, very kind, and very generous. Please visit our country. We'll be happy. So, Nadia, thank you so much for sharing about all about Kazakhstan. I would love for our listeners to know how to get in touch with you if they want to reach out and learn more. Okay. My Instagram is Nadika Denova, N-A-D-I-K-A-D-E-N-O-V-A. Well, the same, as, uh, the same spelling as my name. Perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today, Nadia. It's been a joy to be with you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. My conversation with Nadia Kadinova, a yoga teacher from Kazakhstan, was so lovely as we discussed how yoga is an intimate inner experience and how it's not a fantasy, it's a discipline. Yoga is where you learn about yourself and actually have to overcome yourself in a way to show up for your practice every day. If you're looking to tune into a podcast episode that's all about how yoga is not a magic pill, it is a constant self-development practice, then this is the conversation for you. Thank you for listening to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. Be well. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you feel called, please share this episode with someone who you think could benefit from it. Leaving a review would also be so appreciated. I also hope you can join me online on my website, wildyogatribe.com, or on social media. I would love to get to know you better. I would love to share with you and to hear your thoughts. Send me a DM, send me a note, get in touch. It would be great to hear from you. And as always, be well, dear one, be well.